0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: Welcome to Adulting with Horses, the podcast for weird horse girls and the best place to be if you can't be at the barn. Put down the muckrake, turn up the volume, and let's have some fun. So let's get turned up. (laughs) All right. So I'm actually super excited about this topic, Natalie, With about the non-ridden horse. I know we both come from riding backgrounds, but I found as I get older that I am less and less likely to spend my time at the barn actually getting on and riding. And not all barn owners or trainers really enjoy that. I find that like a lot of times if I have the time, I don't want to rush to get in a ride and I don't want to rush through the grooming. I don't want to rush through the hosing down. And so instead I go and do other things. And sometimes people are like, oh, when was the last time you rode? Or, hey, so-and-so can use some exercise lately. And I get kind of bothered thinking that they're talking about me behind my back. (laughs) Because they probably are. But at the end of the day, I think traveling around working with so many horses that I do and going to all these places, we're actually or I can't I won't speak for you, but I'm actually in the the above average grade here. Like I'm in the majority of adult riders. A lot of us, unless we're competing, we actually don't ride as often as people think. Oh, for sure.
0: You know, I think that a lot of people take, you know how there's we talk a lot about the uh, sort of American obsession with work ethic. Uh, yeah. we're applying that to our horses and that is what we call bad anthropomorphism uh, because our horses don't have a human financially driven ego driven work ethic they want to eat grass
1: <laughs> and, especially my pony <laughs> yeah they want to engage in
0: their own social structures they want to deal with each other and we don't factor into every aspect of their lives.
1: Now that hurts my ego because I want to be the center of my horse's universe.
0: You're the center of my universe.
1: Well, at least I have that. It's a poor substitute, Natalie. But <laughs> my I, podcasting you know, universe. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to be... Well, and that not that what it is too? A lot of times we want our horses to meet us.
0: Probably. That's probably a big piece of it. I mean... I certainly enjoy going out with a carrot and hollering bed. And when he whinnies and canters to me, that hits all my little black stallion feels All my little five-year-old self is just squealing with joy. <laughs> uh, but his real priority isn't me. It's out in the field with his little buddy, Manny. They have their own thing going on. And some days we're in the same obvious um you know, atmosphere, we're together on this little property, but I might interact with the horses 10 minutes out of 24 hours. And you know what, they're fine with that. (laughs) They've got their own stuff going on. I got my work going on. You know, we're two different species, we have different priorities.
1: That might be true. I see especially traveling through different barns, For the massage therapy, I get to see everything from backyard barns to small facilities to big racing facilities. And one thing I notice is that it all depends on the trainer, right? So if the trainer thinks days off for your horse are important, then that is prioritized. But it's shocking to see how many big performance. Again, so actually, I should take away that even the athletes get days off, and there are mid to high level just competition barns i see that ride their horses six days a week and wonder why they have kissing spine or behavioral Mm. issues and i don't know i'm of the opinion and you tell me what you think um because i'm of the opinion that my horses should have regular time off like me for mental and physical wellness and my horse doesn't need to work i can get on delight or ferris months off not riding, And it is not a big deal. It, there is no drama, no explosive behavior. It's actually good for us.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I went for a couple of years riding at most three days a week. And then my job was taking me out of town. So I'd be gone for two weeks, I'd be gone for a month. And every time I gave Ben, you know, a week or more off, he was always so much better. The next time I rode him and that's still true i i rode a couple days last week and then i took off like 5 days and then i rode him 2 days ago and he was better after the 5 days off than he was on like the 3rd day of a 3 day streak you know what i'm saying like that horse has always thrived on long breaks and i'm not a pusher i don't i don't ask for a ton of work especially right now he's really out of shape so it's a lot of walking and changes of direction like big curves that kind of thing but even so even 15 minutes three days in a row I think he was like okay how about some me time how about some you time We've been together a lot recently. I love you, but I love you more from the paddock. Exactly. Uh, and so when he came back on it, you know, I was able to trot him and he was really well behaved and he was stretching his back. And he said, okay, I enjoyed this. Now um, you go do your thing and I'm going to go do mine. And he he doesn't, I guess the thing is that um, most of our horses are not upper level horses. Correct. They don't need. Upper level conditioning, which, you know, drilling and, and constant fitness work. Now, a lot of, we do see a lot of show horses who aren't fit enough. I know you see that. Yeah. Um, but for those of us who ride a few days a week, maybe show occasionally, our horses are fine. All they need is mental stimulation and they don't have to get that from riding. They can get that. from environment from each other or from games you know
1: I well you know me I love to play games I (laughs) and I don't mean that in the flirtatious sense but um yeah that too anywho um no I I think in my opinion for my horses and I won't speak for everyone's. obviously I want some level of muscular physical fitness because they're both neurological so when they have that physical fitness, they actually are much happier, they feel better, their immune system is better. But in my opinion, as a human and a horse lover, I actually find that when I mentally stimulate them, it's just a couple of minutes, as opposed to maybe 30 minutes of physical stimulation that has the same effect, that it gets them where they need to be like their focus, Mm -hmm. and their willingness um and I think it's some it's so much more easier to implement actually.
0: Yeah. And you know, that makes sense because how many times are when we're riding do we take a few minutes to work on ourselves or just to say, I'm gonna trot up the long side of the arena and not really do anything. We're not doing anything. And so the horse is just chugging along. He's gone into maintenance mode, right? He's like, I'm trotting. I'm trotting up the long side of the arena. I've done this a hundred times. So you're not How how many minutes of your ride maybe are you mentally stimulating your horse? And how many are you just saying, go out and get your, get your circles
1: in? You know what I mean? Oh my God. It's so boring. Mm -hmm. Like I would be, I'm bored with that. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think about that all the time. Like I am bored right now. That means like if I'm checking my watch, what does Ben feel like?
1: (laughs) Right. Oh, and then, you know, that's also an opportunity for your horse to check if you're paying attention (laughs) (laughs) because you're both bored and it just isn't worth it. And so I don't know. I'm a big fan of at this point with my busy work life schedule, I'm lucky if I get on the back of a horse twice a week. Like that's a big Deal yeah, for me. Sure. And I try because Delight had so much time off with rehab and me going through that mental stimulation and teaching him to be a horse again. I find that I ride him less frequently because I want to take the slow approach and make him enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And because he gets bored very easily and he shuts down. So both my horses, rather than being explosive, shut down. And so I've had to bring them out of that using the mental exercise. And I find that for my anxiety, the mental exercises actually help focus me too. Oh, sure.
0: What um, what kind of things do you do? Because I could probably use a little mental stimulation around here. <laughs> <laughs> Riding fog acres, as I'm calling my farm right now.
1: <laughs> well, I'm all about the increments. So I might set a timer for myself and say, okay, like if, for, for example, if I'm in the paddock with them, a lot of times I don't set a timer, I don't do anything like that. And I'll just actually be part of the herd. I'll just sit there and I'll, I'll meditate in the paddock with my horses. And I find it's really interesting because they tend to end up right next to me by the time I'm done and open mm. my eyes. And I don't recommend closing your eyes if you have, you know, feisty horses, but Generally, they calm right down anyway, if you're going to be meditating. So I like to do that with them when I have maybe 20 minutes, and I don't have time to groom them both, because I feel guilty that I'm only going to do one. <laughs> so I just go out and do nothing. And it's actually really quite wonderful. I highly recommend it. That the sounds really thing, good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't that sound great?
0: It does cuz a lot of times and I want to hear your other thing too. But a lot of times my time outside is spent doing some sort of of pasture work because I like to putter. And so I go out and you know I'll get the rake and I'll spread manure and things like that. But I should just sit down and and I don't I don't know if my brain is capable of meditation, but
1: it is, because if mine is, then yours definitely ah. is. I'm like that meme with like the dee 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 I'm <laughs> afraid <laughs>
0: that if I sit down for 20 minutes and try to meditate, I will write down six story ideas when I open my eyes. That is my so terror.
1: I, I used to have that when I started meditating. And I would find that as long as I kind of viewed it as an ocean wave, right? I was on a surfboard just sitting and all of my thoughts were the waves. And so I can watch the wave go by, but I don't have to ride the wave.
0: No, I have right? to ride the wave,
1: Heather. <laughs> <laughs> the wave, the wave is leaving. Get better. You what get if that's better. the best wave? <laughs> the best wave. What if wave a ever? in that wave? <laughs> To see the then turtle. You make a mental note to come back and visit that turtle later. Oh, <laughs> we, man,
0: I'm gonna need some guidance on this, like we might have hypnosis. to do this.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> well we might have to start with like 30 seconds and work your way up. Yeah. Um, well and I'll say the same thing so that actually leaves me because for the horses I use a lot of positive reinforcement. And so one of the mental tasks I'll do is I'll keep the the, the positive reinforcement, the treat training To five minutes or less. Like I'll focus on. Okay. Today I'm going to get this horse to touch this target. Whatever that is. My hand. A physical target. A cone. And I give myself five minutes. And that five minutes. As he's trying to figure it out. And you're trying not to. Jump to the answer for him. Right. Because he needs to figure it out. Is so mentally stimulating for you. Because you have to have patience. And mentally stimulating for them. Because they're working on a puzzle trying to figure out what you're asking in a language they don't know. Hmm.
0: Okay. I think I see some afternoon activities coming up.
1: Yeah. And it only takes five minutes for your little, uh, little brain. So you have all of your book ideas that <laughs> still come through the rest of the time. <laughs> I don't want them. I don't want the book ideas. <laughs> in another year, you're going to have like 20 more titles. That's the fear. I'm very tired. um, <laughs>
0: No, I love this. You know, one of the things that I try to do is just give them space to think out in their field, you know, so um, I leave obstacles out in the field. There are logs, there are different, there's foraging, you know, they have, it's not all just grass, there's, and I don't mow. So it gives them an opportunity to go out and like nuzzle through different kinds of branches and bushes and Lord knows what. (laughs) And I, I, you know, and I had the property walked with an extension agent, so I knew what was poisonous and what to get out. Um, But in terms of ground cover and shrubbery and stuff like that, they get to go out and choose what they want to eat. And uh, I think that it gives them more of an opportunity when their field isn't like just a square of grass or, or a square of dirt, if that's what you have. But when you have natural obstacles and changes in elevation, And changes in forage if that's a possibility for you then your horse is living a natural lifestyle that requires them to think and you can be in the house or at work or at the beach and your horse is doing all of that thinking that you think they need under saddle they're doing it for themselves
1: (laughs) yeah and 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 That type of natural setup, we call that from when I worked at the zoo, is uh, behavioral enrichment. Right. And we do it with our horses, we do it with our dogs, but that's a natural way to keep them moving. So they're physically moving and and getting blood flow through their hubs Mm -hmm. and building muscle on that uneven ground. I mean, that's one of the things I say when I'm rehabbing a horse is, is you need to start walking on gravel, on dirt, on sand, on grass, and start coming up over tree roots. Like all of that is such wonderful for their their tendons and ligaments, right? But but mentally, my God, how boring is it? Because let's think about it, right? I'm going to make the really unpopular topic here, and I'm going to say that equestrian facilities with the simple square paddocks are very similar to a zoo cage. With nothing
0: in it. You know, it, cause when you said enrichment, I was thinking about uh, where I first learned that term, which was at a backstage tour of uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge. Right. And as animal lovers, we tend to love going to these super natural zoo habitats and saying, look, the animals, it's just like they're living in their, in their natural environment. And then we go home <laughs> to our barn where our horse is in a box and then we put it out in a square. <laughs> What are we doing? And it's the same every day. Yeah, like what is the what is the natural habitat for the horse? Well, are you recreating that? Because you can't domesticate habitat out of an animal unless you're a dog. They've been so domesticated that a bed is their natural habitat. (laughs) But what other there's really no other animal like that, you know?
1: And look how much they put up with from us. Most horses don't ever complain. Yeah, and yes, I think. How would you feel if you were okay? I'm going to use my husband as an example. If I end up divorced, this is the reason why. Okay. Uh, for for two years during COVID, he worked from home in his basement office with no windows and the same four walls. Right. Mm-hmm. He was going insane. The only t- time he would leave was to maybe ride his bike or go cook something in the kitchen, and he was going physically and mentally. Insane. Like his body was atrophying and gaining weight. He was losing all of his muscle tone. He was <laughs> mentally a uh, ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, just constantly looking for for fights or things to pick about because he was so bored.
0: This honestly, the same thing happened to me when I got my first like social media specialist job, uh, and I thought I had ascended because I was no longer. Uh, mucking stalls. I was no longer standing behind a resort front desk. I had a desk and an office, and the office had no windows. And yeah. I literally, I was losing it. And because it, this is the age of social media, I lost it in real time on Twitter and (laughs) oh no did you have a nervous breakdown I had a very lengthy one uh oh my god (laughs) it was really funny no it was just like you could I was very open with how I was feeling like on Twitter all the time like it is so dark in this office I am losing my mind and
1: (laughs) we're watching your downward Uh, yeah
0: everybody sees it I'm not hiding it uh and so I I had to get another job like desperately because I couldn't I couldn't work there anymore I just couldn't be inside like that anymore yeah uh so yeah natural environment is important because i was super mentally stimulated by the job i was you know working in social media especially when you're the first one to create a position in a company is is a round-the-clock disaster uh because nobody knows what you're doing or why you want a budget or what you need it for and um so it was it was it was great for my brain in that respect, but I didn't have anything natural going on at all. I was in a completely unnatural environment and it showed.
1: Yeah. And I think the reason that I love my job as a massage therapist so much, and there's so many reasons, but one of them is that I don't know every day is going to be different. Every day I'm at different barns. Mm-hmm. I have regular clients. I don't see anybody more than once a week. Right. So. Every week, I get to go and do something new and a new place. I get to drive to, to with the sun out and the windows down and the music blasting. And <laughs> I I get to be kind of free and stimulated in multiple ways. And I think that if you get on a horse and you ride them six days a week doing your cute little serpentines and your circles and your transitions, that's it is what it is. But someone's going to go crazy and it might be your horse. (laughs) (laughs) And I see this sometimes where they'll be like, oh, I think my horse is in pain. And I look and yeah, there's definitely something going on. But mentally, the horse is so tight in the head and the neck because they're just pent up or shut down. And they can only hold that so long. Right. That's how I got to light. He went to a place where he, he was originally being ridden maybe three days a week for an hour or so to going to a, a place where, as an amateur horse, he was being ridden five minimum days a week for an hour and a half over pretty intense training. They put 100 pounds of muscle on him in two months. Oof. And he, he went crazy, and he started charging people and rearing and bucking them off, and tar- and then they were, like, giving him away. Right. Right so they created this problem for a horse that needed he he went from living outside to living in a stall.
0: Yeah, it just it's just these are unnatural expectations and you have it's okay to want to compete and perform, but my god, we have to have some sort of framework per horse where you say this is a horse, this is a species that is accustomed to this kind of lifestyle and treatment and I have to respect that and find ways to work with that.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of times we forget that they're, the reason we love them is because they aren't machines. Right. So why, why do we, and listen, I, I don't blame someone, right? I have to do a boarding facility right now because I travel so much. I'm with my kids so much. I don't have property in New Jersey to put a horse on or the time to take care of it. That is my goal. That is what I'm working towards. But I know, so I choose the best possible fit for my horse's brains mm-hmm. and for their exercise level. Sure, there's things I'd like to tweak about it, but I don't own the facility, right? So you get as close as you can until you have your own place. And that is like what you're doing. You're creating kind of what you wanted your horses to have.
0: Right. And and everybody is going to have, I mean, that's part of what this is all about, right? Is balancing our lives. Versus what we'd like to do with our horses, and so you, if you are choosing a boarding facility, you know that isn't perfect for what you were hoping for. That's where those games and ground stuff comes into play. When you just, you know, are out there saying, "Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's how we're going to stimulate your brain today, so that you feel, you know, like you're moving." I don't know what I'm trying to say right now, but you know what, you know what the point is, right? Like that's where the games come into play. That's where looking into target training and things like that come into play is okay. You can't be out on the prairie today. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You can't climb over, you know, the mountain and gaze down at your kingdom before descending to the springs, but
1: we can play and you can have some fun. <laughs> right? That's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think let's okay, so let's do this. Let's list some of the things that people can do with their horses that don't involve riding that is fun for both human and horse. That is fun for both human well, and horse. It may be, maybe, or it could be one or the other, like <laughs> you are talking about your your natural foraging solutions, right?
0: Right, right. So offering different kinds of of grazing and not being not providing just a monoculture of grass is a really cool way to offer your horse like great stimulation because they can choose what they want to eat. And I love watching. I have random stuff. I have like um, native persimmons that keep popping up. This this plant with really long leaves, and they don't eat those. But I love watching them run their noses over it as they're grazing and going, what is this? No, I don't eat this. And moving on. <laughs> so funny.
1: Make good choices.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and they, the beauty berry, they don't eat the beauty berry, but they run their nose over it and go, do I eat this? No, I don't eat this. And they move on.
1: <laughs> yeah. They have a wonderful way of being able to know in general, because not all horses are smart, but- Uh, what is good for them and what is not.
0: Oh, and even um, the dumb ones. I mean, with all due respect to Manny, Manny didn't graze. He wasn't turned out for most of his life. And he prefers to eat this weed called, it's called Spanish needles and it's a fully edible weed. I could go out, pluck the leaves off and eat them. Um, I can eat the flowers. He loves it more than grass. Oh, he wow. We'll break into. I have a couple sections that are sort of like fenced off with just one strand of non-electrified wire. Just to keep that out. Manny will go under them to get to the Spanish needles of <laughs> and ignore grass. He's just decided. I, I think they're kind of sweet because you know you can you can make green salads with them. Uh, so it's it must be sweeter than grass. I haven't eaten it yet. I can't eat it because Manny's eating all of it. <laughs> <And> he just devours <laughs> these things. It's all for me, mom. <laughs> He's so funny. He's like, mmm, Spanish needle, yum, yum, yum. And the problem is they have <laughs> and they're incredibly important for pollinators. And he ate every single, I had probably an acre of flowers. so he ate all of Oh, them. my God. <laughs>
1: You're going to have a fat little mini on your hand.
0: (laughs) He needs to gain weight. It's okay. Okay. (laughs) It's so funny.
1: No, but that's that's like a game for them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's instincts. They don't have to be taught it. But one of my favorite things, we were talking about games. I absolutely love playing games with my horses. And sometimes you can learn some games in natural horsemanship and stuff. I think you kind of have to read your horse because I can't do it with, the light as well off lead because he does have kind of dominant um, and he plays a little rough, but Ferris, we play chase and follow. <laughs> and so oh it, it's so cute. I have to get it on video. So we do a lot of Liberty stuff. And if I run, he traps. If I jump the, over the little drum, he has to jump over the little drum and we play. And so I run and we kind of go as a herd and it's really cute. I can't run for anything it's it's very embarrassing, but I'll still post the video. um but if I stop he stops and if I turn he turns and so we play this mirroring game where we're reading each other's body language and playing with each other and it is so cute and he loves it. he's so excited. That's incredible. I have to try that.
0: Oh, it's so fun. yeah, I used to do it with with um. With babies, you know, but eventually they'll pummel you.
1: Uh, <laughs> so that's the problem. Yeah, because they don't really. Here's my butt.
0: Yeah, but, you know, eventually they'll just kick out. Like, Yay, yeah, I'm having so much fun chasing you. Let's destroy each other. It's like Fight Club. You're like, no, I'm not in Fight
1: Club. <laughs> you're like, you're cute, but your hooks are sharp. Exactly. <laughs> so I well, that's why that. I don't do it with delight because delight could literally crack my skull open without even trying. <laughs> Well, and he, he plays and he play bites. So Mm -hmm. where like Ferris will kick out when he gets excited, but he always makes sure to kick out away from me. Mm -hmm. And the way we play is he's got to be to the side or behind me with personal space. So we've actually learned over time, what is allowed, what is not allowed. So we've been doing this for quite a few years, but start off with, you could start off with a lead rope or just treats or something that is really, it you know, something that gives you a little bit of uh edge. Yeah. So Ferris is super safe. So I went straight to treats in an enclosed space. And when I'd start walking and he'd come with me and I'd stop and he would stop, I would give give him like a clock and a treat.
0: Okay. I just bought a big bag of the little alfalfa treats from like tractor supply. Awesome. So that I can do more like um positive training. Yeah. So I am li- I'm going to go out and try this. I'm going to see what I can get on video and I'm going to put it on our Instagram, Awesome. <laughs> the adulting with horses podcast, Instagram, uh, I throw some stuff in the stories and highlight it. And then, um, you could probably do some, Good stuff, and we can have <laughs> both no. of them up, like Natalie versus Heather. Like, I'm on the ground under a log while Ben is pawing at me. <laughs> like, Someone save me, call 911. And then there could be you, like, out dancing with your horses.
1: <laughs> oh, no. So, I have something to tell you that I don't know. <laughs> so, Ferris and I have been doing this a very long uh, a couple of years, right? And we have constantly building on our skills. Delight is stubborn. So I actually used a lot of positive reinforcement for when I was gaining his trust. And it's really quite a different, amazing story. But so recently, I started free lunging the two of them in their paddocks at Liberty. And (laughs) I will point and ask them to go. And they have to walk, trot, or canter in a circle around me. And it's really cool because I feel like a famous horsemanship trainer. But (laughs) what happens is Ferris is smaller. He takes the inside always. Delight takes the outside and they go in tandem and they'll sync up their legs and everything. It's gorgeous. Oh, my God. So here's where things go very, very wrong for me. (laughs) I decide in our recent photo shoot for the Timid rider, like social media and the website and everything. I'm like, I'm going to show off my horses and how cute they are in (laughs) photos. And we go out there, and Ferris is feeling super naughty, and decides to while he's doing this double barrel kick delight behind the shoulder. Oh! So next thing we know, delight's dead stopped, muscles quivering, shaking. He's got a hoof print on him. He's, He's looking so sad. And you know, this is the horse that, by the way, used to charge people, and he looks pathetic. And the pony who was the little championship hunter. Is the devil okay? <laughs> and all of this is on photo, so I cannot wait to see what these yes. pictures come out like because I thought it was like, Oh, this is so great, let's just show them off and like how awesome our relationship is. And then that happens, <laughs> so reality remember, strikes. <laughs> yes, no one's ever perfect, it's always a work in progress. So I have to be careful now doing that going forward and kind of reading. Reading the room a little better.
0: Yeah, horses will shame you.
1: Yeah, I think he did it because he was so excited and he mm-hmm. loves to be on camera that I think he was just playing and he, ca- Delight was right on him and he caught him. Right. L- Luckily, everything's fine. They're still best friends and Delight wasn't seriously injured, but I was so embarrassed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we should definitely. You know, Make sure everyone understands that when you play with your horses, you really up the ante for being embarrassed. And that's definitely (laughs) going to be true if you're at a boarding stable where everybody is riding in circles and you are in the field with a flag and a bag of treats. Uh, You are going to have to go ahead and call that your freak flag and wave it high. Just
1: let it fly. Don't scare the other horses with the flag. Yeah, also
0: do not scare (laughs) the other horses.
1: And their horses are going to be jealous. So You know, it it is actually to the point, Natalie, not to, but like Delight has been getting jealous because Ferris is my primary riding horse. And now we've been spending all this time together. If he sees me riding Ferris, he actually will run the fence and like try to come play with us. Oh my gosh. He has FOMO.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, that's pretty special right there. I know I'm (laughs) hiring jealousy in a working horse.
1: Well, let's be honest. My horses don't work very hard. <laughs> <laughs> my trainer would uh, w- would roll over and just sigh and groan and moan. She's she's been after me to take lessons, of which I need to. I think everyone should take lessons yeah. if they can. Um, but because for me, as I don't push myself, but I haven't been able to commit the time to that because if I have the time, I want to go play with my horses. We have so much fun.
0: I think pri- prioritizing play is a good idea. If you are taking lessons, you're working towards you're working on your your goals. You possibly you might want to feel like showing. If you're anything like me, you start f- ramping up the competitive feeling and you don't have time to do it all, so why bring that on yourself, you know? Like if you only have t- a couple days a week to play with your horses, you're not going to have time to show. You're not going to be able to commit. Like I'm grinding away at my goals, so just play. You know, make leave the goals for all your hard adult stuff that you have to do, and the other stuff can you'll get to it when you get to it. Yeah, yeah. take some
1: pressure off, and you have yeah. five minutes to play. You don't have to play for very long, and it matters. Mm-hmm. I think to both of you because I really have noticed an Im- increased connection between me and Ferris and Delight and that was so grammatically incorrect but whatever and (laughs) i find that i trust my horses more as a timid rider i actually trust that i can read them and that they'll tell me things now where before we started playing those games it when we were just riding there was kind of no connection
0: yeah and i think that's really true of geldings in particular right because geldings can be really hard to read and uh Cause they're not, you know, mares wear it all on their sleeve <laughs> and I've, I mostly deal with mares or, and I've, for some reason I've mostly had late cut stallions or like late geldings for a really long time. Like Even Ben is a late gelding. So he's mm-hmm. very much like a stallion. And so I get really used to my horse being like, Hey, I have an opinion and I need you to know about it right now. Or, Oh my God, I have an owie. You know, they're super not stoic. Why weren't you
1: paying attention? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, basically, but geldings Amazing. can be a lot tougher to crack in terms of communication.
1: Yeah, sometimes too stoic, and I think uh, for to tell some of the listeners that there's a difference between stoic and shut down, right? And so when you play these games and you spend this time, sometimes you actually see them come out and show more personality, mm-hmm. and and than they did before. And then you realize it maybe it wasn't stoic so much as the other.
0: Yeah, yeah, I really felt like that when um I was in the mounted unit in New York. and We had two Percheron geldings, and they. Really, for the longest time, I thought these horses had no personality. I was like, "What is wrong with these horses?" But they were really looking for stimulation. And when we did start playing games with them, like in the shed row, or we went and turned them out on the bridle path, um, you could see it. They and they were just looking for a change. And so, you know, we changed up their rides, changed up their patrol routes, and did more stuff with them. And they were just more engaged with us, even in the barn. If there was a
1: difference. Yeah. I think the moral of the story is, if we're going to anthropomorphize, which a lot of horse people can't help but do, Mm -hmm. maybe treat your horse like you'd want to be treated in the sense that you would not want the same thing every day. You would Mm -hmm. want a challenge. You would want a change of scenery, a change of pace. So think about offering the same thing for your horses and not focusing so much on just the riding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good points.
1: I have them sometimes. I think...
0: You're very wise.
1: You're wise. I feel wise today. I feel very opinionated and passionate about this subject.
0: <laughs> are you wearing are you wearing your signature pink today?
1: Maybe. I'm wearing ripped leggings, Converse, and a pink skull t-shirt. That's pretty cool.
0: I'm actually I'm also wearing ripped leggings. Ooh. And yeah, I know. Uh, I'm wearing ripped leggings. I'm wearing a pink shirt and the other day when I rode, I thought you would have been so proud of me. I wore pink leggings to ride in. I did not change into breeches. Good for you. And I wore my unicorn socks that we <gasps> bought at Aquina Fair last year.
1: Aww. Yep. You miss me.
0: I do. I'm trying to I'm trying to be you here in Florida. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you could be the you could be the southern me. LB I'll, <laughs> I'll be the northern Natalie. <laughs> no i'm kind of emo today uh i'm I'm emo heather today but i would totally ride in this for the record i would even ride in the converse if i was in my western saddle and just
0: shooting around yeah yeah i just got some really cute black and white checkered socks that are very (laughs) like teen punk natalie and i'm going to ride in those because i haven't been wearing half chaps because like i'm not doing you know i'm trotting like two minutes and that's the extent of it so I'm just riding in tall socks and leggings or breeches and so I'm just going for weird I definitely look like the rag bag when I go outside of the house and I'm not like leaving the farm I'm just
1: oh. whatever
0: I find it doesn't go together it's just insane. it carries
1: through though because yesterday I got home and I was wearing a baggy pink t-shirt with like a cowgirl in the front of it and no bra and these baggy pajama pants and just freshly washed hair, air drying. And I ran errands <laughs> and I saw other parents and my level of, I don't give a fuck was so low that day. That's incredible. <laughs> I just, I had, I, yeah, I just, I was like, you know what? This is me and I'm going to look homeless and it's going to be fine.
0: <laughs> I usually, I put on a bra to run errands. Um, that's sometimes the extent of it. <laughs> that's yep. the biggest change.
1: <laughs> yep. I, I can't stand bras at the end of the day. So I will find, I will look for a shirt that you can't see nips in just to be able to leave without a bra. Because That's so my problem pain. is you can always see. Yeah, it's, oh, they're always sh- saying hi. Yeah,
0: they are. They're very, very prominent nipples. What can I say? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do that's not right. edit that out. <laughs> that oh, goes definitely not. Definitely <laughs> not. That's saying that might even become like a soundbite now. Oh, right?
0: That's going to be my QS tombstone.
1: <laughs> well, I, my husband. We're digressing far, so we're going to have to ch- ch- stop this in a second. But I've been wanting breast reduction surgery, and it's mostly because of the. The time I was trotting a horse in the Gobi Desert and <laughs> wasn't wearing the right bra and nearly literally was in so much pain yeah. because I had to hold the horse, a feral horse, with one hand while holding my boobs down with the other, and I was I was sore for days after. Oh my! So God. I want a breast reduction surgery, and you know what my husband says to that? As long as your nipples point north again. Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh! The, gravity is not my friend.
0: I, I I have to be honest with you. I don't th- I don't think a ton about like about boobs, but <laughs> I was. Do you know that that's, um that was disappointing. Watching, I was. I know I should think more about boobs, but I don't. I was watching. Uh, what's the movie? What's the movie? I think it's this is forty. And, oh yeah, and there's the scene where there's the there's an actress who's like super young and hot and ridiculous, and she takes off her shirt and and Leslie Mann is like, "Can I touch your breasts?" Because they're so <laughs> young, and I was looking at them, going, "Oh my god, that is what? Oh, that's what pre baby boobs look like." I forgot about that, and I was yeah. just as jealous as the character in the movie. I totally got it, especially because I'm 41. Man, young boobs are amazing. And I did feel a little self-conscious about my not that for a few days. <laughs> like, but it's over, you know, what are you
1: going to do? <laughs> well, I mean, our husbands still want to touch them. So, like, they're not that bad. Exactly.
0: Right? But yeah.
1: I just thought to myself, my God, um, if I could just maybe make them a little perkier again. I don't know. We'll see. But. I mean, why,
0: you know, if it's if, it, if you get a, a huge advantage out of it, which is that. You can ride feral horses in the Gobi Desert, <laughs> which feels like that's a you thing. But, you know, if that's a priority for you,
1: then. Well, I feel like it's more likely that I don't end up in the fetal position on a horseback, even in my own horses, because I'm so weighted forward. Yeah, that's
0: I mean, that's a legitimate concern. I think about that a lot when I'm watching like an upper level event and watching them go cross country. And there are, there's a certain, certain kind of like stick figure man that is so balanced when they're galloping cross country that I just sit forward and go, how, 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 how? And uh, a, I'm sure a certain extent of it is, oh, they're not wearing a weight belt around their chest. Right. You know, like they're.
1: they're it's a lower uh, center of gravity for them. Yeah.
0: Their upper body balance can, it, it is definitely, it's closer to their waist mm-hmm. and that must be make it so much easier to be in a gallop seat for a long time and just not move.
1: I'm just so another mad. reason to hate men.
0: It is. It absolutely is. I just get mad. Like, look at you. You think you're so great with no boobs.
1: Oh. And <laughs> and also like all the saddles are made for them. So, you know, women get in there and they're super uncomfortable. And then we end up with hip and back pain.
0: Oh, is that what's wrong with my hips? Is it my like 1950 stupid that I ride in? Yes. Oh,
1: I could pretty much say yes just based on your description of that. We will go um, fund
0: me a real saddle because
1: <laughs> Well, you know, that's actually a whole other conversation because <laughs> um we can have my dear friend Sabina on who has Saddle Fit for Life and she the saddles. So she we could talk about all saddle stuff if you want.
0: We could talk about it, but I can't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. i can't find my way out of this pain
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a wish list i mean at this point natalie i have so many saddles that i just collect and <laughs> i could probably just mail you one <laughs> okay deal <laughs> well you have to be a good girl okay you have to earn it this is your positive reinforcement for being you know did
0: i or <laughs> did i not just arrange our fantastic equine affair weekend
1: you really did. Oh, my God. So, just an aside for everyone listening, if you want to know <laughs> what chaos is going to be and a lot of laughter, be prepared for for her, Natalie and I to be introverts while living in an Airbnb over equine affair, having talked to people all day, and yet still having fun and drinking, but then also being introverts.
0: And locking ourselves in our bedrooms.
1: Don't talk and, like, to me. Yeah, mutual... <laughs> Agreement of I can't people anymore, Natalie. You can go to bed. Okay. And so will I in our separate bedrooms.
0: Yeah. Which, which I love because we already do that at events anyway, right? Where it's like we just are like at the end of the day, we talk and talk and talk for 12 hours. And then at the other day, it's like, what are you doing for dinner? uh I'm locking myself in my hotel room, eating Thai and going to bed. Hey, cool. Me too. Bye. Like we don't yeah. even See consider tomorrow. having dinner together. It's not even an option. <laughs>
1: hell to the no try to rip me out of the shower or the bathtub yeah after that i'll be asleep in it um yeah no that takes a lot out of me but i think we should definitely record a whole bunch of fun stuff while we're behind the scenes i agree (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah we might have to go full subscription service for whatever we get up to up there like sorry this has to be private feed
1: (laughs) yeah exactly we can't have this getting out Yeah.
0: Adulting
1: win of the week. Oh. So Natalie, uh adulting win of the week. Are you upset about it this week? Because last week you couldn't think of anything.
0: Yeah. No, I've actually I've had a really good week. Awesome. I know. I didn't think I was having a good week, but it turns out I actually was. Does that make sense? You know? Yes, because just... I feel
1: like I had the opposite problem. So you took my good karma.
0: Oh. Well I, I mean last week was just I was slipping.
1: I was, and
0: you know what, I think it was in part was my husband and my son just kept having to go places and leave me for a couple days at a time. And I was overwhelmed with finishing my book and, uh, the new cat and the horses and every, I was just really overwhelmed with being by myself. I enjoy being by myself. Like I would love it. Sometimes I just had the house to myself for the day, but then they came back for dinner. (laughs) but three or four days at a time is a lot but this week uh was it started rough because I threw my back out which is something I do like twice a year and I rode but riding was not the right idea that was a bad idea oh no so yesterday in a stunning feat of (laughs) self-preservation I did nothing Yay! <laughs> that is awesome. I mean, I did some stuff on my laptop, but largely I did nothing and I took a long nap.
1: Oh, and uh, Stop
0: flirting with me. My back feels so much better today.
1: <laughs> so you needed just a little, like a, a day off, a self-care day.
0: Listen, Heather, I literally thought... This is how deluded I am and how you know many long-term bad work ethic practices I have ingrained into my brain. I thought I could work my way out of a bad back. I genuinely was like, if I do more, I will stretch out my back and I mm. will feel better. That did not happen. Okay, that's shocking. I couldn't. Yesterday morning, I couldn't get out of bed. I texted my husband and said, "Hey, can you bring me an ice pack so that I could ice my back, so
1: that I could get out of the bed?" That is how badly
0: I hurt myself.
1: (laughs) But would it? Wouldn't ice actually make you tighter if it was muscular? It numbed it. So that I could like roll
0: over and and move on. And And frankly, I don't know. It might have been that maybe a heating pad would have been a better idea. And I did use a heating pad a lot yesterday. Except every time I get up, the cats, yes, plural, (laughs) the cats now take the heating pad for themselves. So that's a whole thing. But yeah, it was super good. It was super good. All I did yesterday was work a little bit on the novella that I accidentally wrote in past tense when it was supposed to be in present tense. So I have to fix the entire thing.
1: Oh, Thirty-five thousand
0: words. I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> oh no! And I, 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 finished the hardcover design for my new book and got that rolling. So, yeah. What I'm
1: hearing is you had a self-care day, but it was mostly because you couldn't physically move anyway. Yes, that is one hundred percent correct. <laughs> oh my god! I would say what's wrong with you, but I already know because it's every other adult woman I know who's working. I know. I'm trying. And has horses.
0: To, you know, I have a lot of deadlines that I set for myself this year, and I every year I say if I can get through this, I won't do it next year. I really mean it. I mean it this time. If I can get through these deadlines this year, I won't do it to myself next year.
1: Okay. So do you need me to like scream at you? to remind you?
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, like if you see me put up a bunch of pre-orders for next year, go no, clo- turn those off. Turn those off now. but i do things out of panic too like i'm a reactionary person so um
1: you know you'll get it done if you set yourself a time frame
0: there's yeah there's that yeah and and I'll, i'll set if i'm concerned like i knew i was last year i knew this year was going to be difficult in terms of moving and buying property and all that kind of thing so i said if i do all of this work it won't be a problem. So I set up all of these books to go out this year to make sure that I was able to cover my expenses, my living expenses, oh, my farm sure. expenses. Because um, the past few years, you know, I keep I keep getting laid off. It's crazy. It's like corporations hurt me. So you know, I just <laughs> wanted to um, I just wanted to stay in front of all that, and I have it's worked out. But I also desperately need a break. Well, you're going on a cruise. I am. But, you know, I, I feel like I need more than a week. I feel like as a human, I deserve more than a week off in a year.
1: <laughs> Does that I seem fair? fully agree. <laughs> and that's why I'm struggling so much right now because this summer I decided I was only going to work one Saturday a month. mm. And take the other Saturdays to either, you know, do fun things, ride the horses or, or go to the beach, which by the way, I've been to the beach once this summer. <laughs> it's, it's August. And I, uh, and so my, my scheduling suffers for that, but I'm trying, right? So I'm yeah. trying to take the time and it's, it's hard because something has to give though, if we go away and do vacationy things. Right. And when and we come
0: back, to, we have to pay. Exactly. You have to earn more, you know, like I have to pay a farm sitter. Um, so, you know, so that's a little bit of extra if I want to leave the farm. But I think awareness obviously is the first step. You know, you yes. can't always act on something the second you know about it, you know. So well, that, it's
1: recognizing a pattern. Like, you know, you have a pattern now. Yeah. And you just need to be aware of it and try to reset and create a new pattern. Even if slightly off, like maybe one less book next year. Right, exactly. And, and don't it remember, go crazy. You know,
0: I'm reading. I was reading this series of books uh, that they're fiction, but they're about uh, addiction, mm-hmm. and I it's about um, narcotics and alcoholism addiction, and they're very funny. They're called. Um, Rachel's Holiday, the holiday being a rehab center, and Mm -hmm. then again Rachel, which is like the sequel, and they're by Marion Keyes, who's just stunningly brilliant Irish writer. So I highly recommend these books. Uh, But I I've learned a lot about addiction and personality while I was reading these books and looking back at some things that I have have done uh, in my own life, not like related to substances, but just actions and personality Mm -hmm. works and going, Oh, that's why addiction is a thing. Like now I see why I did this thing or why I got obsessed with this thing or whatever. It made so much sense. Uh, So you're
1: addicted to writing and publishing books. uh,
0: I, I am, but I think the root cause of it might be like a fear of obscurity. Oh, yeah. You know, a, f- a fear of, not obscurity, um, and not redundancy, but a whole other word that is uh, <laughs> escaping me. You're asking me. me
1: to think with my thinking brain. Uh,
0: I'm sorry. The cookie I had for breakfast is not doing it right now. Um, Shoot. But, you know, it's, uh, uh,
1: uh, 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 uh oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I almost said it. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh you're too funny i
0: almost had it and then my brain said relevancy and i'm like no it's so close to relevancy it's the thing before relevancy um it's up, it might be irrelevancy just you know to to, well, to be relevant and then to suddenly be eclipsed
1: by, well it's all about momentum right like, right so feel like if there's a long break in between maybe you'll lose the momentum you've gained well, maybe, maybe i'm obsessed with momentum itself
0: with moving, 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 moving,
1: and I well, think- and sometimes when we focus on the moving, right, we're not focusing on other things. So it might be like a way that you're kind of healing something in yourself, right? Like yeah. you're constantly not thinking about. Uh, I do this. Can BetterHelp better think- sponsor us? I think that we're there. I think we are. <laughs> we are definitely candidates for BetterHelp, and I'm a big fan of 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 talk therapy and. I mean, we both know that I could use some mental health. (laughs) But I know all about addiction because I'm addicted to Coca-Cola products. Right. And I am addicted to horses. I'm addicted to um, trying to be better than I was the day before. And it's like craving this endorphin release. Like I'm constantly on the self-healing journey or trying to be Better parent. I'm trying to be a better business person. I'm trying to be better for my horses. I'm trying, but I'm never better for myself. Mm -hmm. And that is my biggest failing. Is like I put everything else first, and I take all the onus off of me, right? Because put it outward.
0: If I wanted to be better for myself, and you know, if we wanted to be better for ourselves, we would do less of all of that, and we would sit down on the couch with a cup of tea and and, you know read a book or watch a television show that doesn't, you know, that isn't like a cultural thing that we have to keep up with or something. You know what I mean? We just like watch ten episodes of Golden Girls and fall asleep.
1: I mean, I'm not gonna lie, Natalie, I think I'm a little further ahead of my healing journey because I definitely do that. Oh. I don't do it often, but I do make time for that kind of stuff, um, for myself because I feel like that's the only way I can still function. Or I get burned out real bad.
0: Yeah. I really don't. I grabbed 10 minutes here and 15 minutes there.
1: Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. I I worked so hard for so many years that just trying to establish my business and the Timid writer and everything like that, that I didn't stop. And then I ended up kind of burned out for six months. Like I didn't write anything for six months. I just kind of faded. Mm. And so I had to learn to better balance that i feel like balance is constantly something i'm looking for so i'm still not there yet but i'm 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 trying yeah
0: and i feel like i hear that i hear your warning a lot and i've been really concerned about that as i go through this really active year where i'm like i really if i try to do this another year what might happen to my career you know, and well, I, and I don't think back, about my brain. Body, I'm not thinking about me. I'm thinking about my career.
1: <laughs> right. But think about it. Like if you get seriously injured, right? Like because you're so tied up in your back and you end up, need, you know, throwing a disc and then you need to rehab and you can't ride. Like that takes you backwards. Right. So it, a little ounce of prevention, I say this for my massage clients, like prevention means you actually have a longer term Prospect of no injury, happiness, quality of life—all of it. So you should think about what's good for our horses is good for us too.
0: Yep, it's that old pattern of doing more for your horse than for yourself. Yes,
1: and that is like a whole other episode. (laughs) It really is. We should definitely talk about.
0: We need to make Um, a whole list of the things that we do that we should be doing for ourselves, also.
1: Absolutely, (laughs) and. So like, I guess when it comes down to now I feel better, actually, because I feel better than you because, I, no, I'm just gonna Yeah, you're ahead um, of me. You should feel um, very proud. I feel like we're you on the sh- same, a similar journey and I will be your guide oh, okay. to how to not do things. <laughs> 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 I'm really good at being lazy. Like, <laughs> I tell people I'm zero to 60, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm either giving it 150% and hustling and doing what I need to do. Where I'm at zero where I can barely function. I'm brawless in, in in a in a in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and last I see night that. that's where I was at. And so that is not my win, in case you're wondering <laughs> It's not. <laughs> no.
0: Oh I really thought ways, maybe it was. I didn't do that. <laughs> okay. Let's focus um, on you. What's yours?
1: <laughs> my my win was when I got back from Vermont last weekend. I came back early and I got to spend Saturday and Sunday at the barn, with the horses. I got to ride both the horses. I got to play. I got to groom. I got to spend some quality time. And honestly, I needed it so much. Just like agenda-free horse time? Yes! I never go with an agenda. Mm -hmm. Because if I inevitably go saying, I'm going to work on this dressage test today, or I'm going to lunge this horse and I'll ride this horse, it inevitably never works for me. Hmm. so I and I get upset if my plans change so I've learned to just actually freewheel and see this is all right we'll end on this note this is what I do I go to the paddock and whichever horse wants to come to me is the horse that I take that day okay I let them choose just let it be meant to be yeah I let them choose and it's actually been really rather freeing Maybe it's a little hippy dippy With two horses too to spend time with, it can be really overwhelming, and they both need a lot of attention. So if I have time, I'll just usually the other one gets curious and comes to me right at the end. But I'll let kind of the mood play, and if Ferris is going to run from me and not want to spend time with me, it's definitely not a good day to ride. I'll tell you that. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. Like he's already sort of made a statement, huh? About what what your ride's going to be like.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's stoic, but you know he's he's he's. He knows how to talk to me and I've learned to listen. So Mm -hmm. my win of the week was that I got to spend some quality time with both of the boys and that was a lot of fun. It did end on the terrible photo shoot situation.
0: (laughs) So Heather, uh, for Pop Corner today, I have some books I want to tell you about. You know the books new books new books and they're really cool because they're really really different but they are I think gonna have mass appeal for most of our listeners because they're definitely horse books written by horse people and so they all have really relatable you know horse characters and plots and people so I'm super excited for these um, the first one I want to tell you about is really cl- I have you know I have the eventing series. But yeah. before the eventing series, I didn't know this when I started writing them and called them that before the eventing series, there's actually a British series called the eventing trilogy. And they're from like the early 80s, I want to say, a, by an author named Carolyn Ackrell. And these books are funny. These books are like, British farce, like ad funny? Yes, exactly, like ab fat oh, funny. I love that. There's just that that British humor. Um it's a the the, the concept is that uh, a young woman, I think she gets her, her BHS certification or British Horse Society certification and she's ready to go off and work as an event trainer and she gets a job in this crazy dilapidated uh, sort of big house. With these women, I can't remember if they're sisters. They're all insane. These very eccentric, (laughs) very eccentric, down on their luck, shabby aristocratic women who have horses. um, That they are
1: gold to me. uh, Yeah,
0: it's so funny. It's you know, it's the classic like cobwebby mansion where everything's falling apart, and the women are, are just just these bizarre (laughs) going to seed (laughs) aristocratic women. Um, And they have horses that they are leasing to the local hunt. And the horses all have these like bizarre titles, like the, you know, like the black mare who runs away, stuff like that. And so this girl gets a job with them to exercise these horses. And it's just a farce. It's just fall, you know, fall down in the mud, sort of humor but it's so so funny and there's a little bit of romance not much and so there's this series right um oh i should have prepped better by like pulling up the titles because i can't think of them but there's like a hoof in the door is one ticket to ride is another and they're just superbly hilarious so carolyn ackrell actually wrote a fourth one like an update and i haven't read it yet but i am super excited to um and so I think I'm gonna grab one for my cruise that I'm going on and just lie around this cruise deck reading <laughs> reading horse books with so like
1: she wrote the fourth one 50 years after the first three.
0: Yeah. Yes, seriously. So the book, the first book came out, I think, in 1984. And she just wrote a sequel. She's been writing in the meantime. So she has a book called The Last Baronet. She has a book called Flying Changes. Um and these are all super easy to read. If you like, they're on Kindle Unlimited. If, I think uh, I've heard of Flying Changes. Yeah, um, but her new one, I believe it's called Horses for Courses, <laughs> which is a good name. I don't think it's Courses for Horses. I think it's Horses for Courses. But it could go either way. Now that I think about it,
1: <laughs> I do like horses, rhyming. For, it helps it's me horses,
0: remember. It's Courses for Horses is the new okay. one, which is a super. You know, it's a it, that's a great play on uh on an old on an old saying, right? Uh, so I'm very, very excited to read this book and it's, they've been all published by uh, Jane Badger who puts together, uh, republishes uh, old pony books, like British pony books. Mm -hmm. And she just makes the prettiest, most simple books that I can't help, but buy them in paperback because they're gorgeous.
1: Oh, so the cover gets you.
0: Yeah. The cover really grabs you. They're very minimalist and just elegant. And the Courses for Horses is no exception. It a beautiful chestnut looking over uh, sort of back towards the photographer. And it is the fourth book in the Aventures. It just says Aventures for probably because I stole a venting series by accident. So my apologies to Carolyn Ackerl. but I didn't know that it existed a, and then it was a trilogy that has been updated 40 years later to be <laughs> a four we'll book We'll have series. to drop a
1: link in the show notes for people who might be interested.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure, because it, it looks great. I'm excited. I want to buy all of them. Check paper.
1: them out.
0: It's not linked properly on Amazon to the trilogy, but uh, it does exist. Horses for horses. So okay. yeah, the
1: first book is called
0: Adventurer's Dream. Is that the first book? Yeah. So and that's why I never read it. So this is funny. So the first book is called Adventurer's Dream, and for years it, it the Kindle cover was a bit. It still is a bit. Mm, it's it's not the greatest it kind of looks like a young adult like oh it's my dream pony kind of book and i don't read those (laughs) right um so i skipped it for years but when i finally read it i was like oh my god this this cover does not and and the title does not adequately describe what is inside the covers of this book like it is so funny and it's for adults um and the the, just even the name eventer's dream is tongue-in-cheek where this horse is like, oh, he's an inventor's dream. Like, is he? Is he an no. adventurer's dream? Or is he going to kill you? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm just super excited that I love I love the British sensibility in writing. I love British comedy. And when you put that all together with like a really knowledgeable eventing background, that's just sort of like
1: the dream, in my opinion. <laughs> that's that's like your ice cream sundae with a cherry on top.
0: It literally, yeah, it is. This is my big old banana split with extra whipped cream. I love it. <laughs> um, and then the other one I wanted to tell you about isn't out yet, but I just read this interview that my good friend Jessica Burkhart did uh, with a website, and I'll share I'll share the link with you, so maybe we can add that too. So Jessica is is a horsey author she wrote the cancer wood crest middle grade series yes super famous super famous right i remember reading those like i went into a books a million when i lived in lakeland uh florida and i didn't really have any money so i sat and read the first couple canterwood books just on the floor (laughs) when my son was in the kids section i'm like well i'll just read these And like these are pretty fun um there's more lip gloss in them than i ever experienced as a horsey kid but it, there are all kinds of horsey kids you know there are some who wear makeup and then there's others like me who have never worn makeup in their life and wouldn't know what to do with it
1: so yeah um, I, I do wear lipstick to the barn for the most part do you really you're so fabulous i really i i am i'm very fat i'm at <laughs> bad. <ab-fab. laughs> we
0: oh my god are we that scene oh you're gone we
1: a little bit I'm are so- I'm definitely Adidas. Sweetie darling. I <laughs> can <laughs> see you in a beehive. Sweetie darling.
0: <laughs> oh, wait. So I'm the one with the beehive and you're the one wearing the like glittery rhinestone shirts. With a so like, moomoo. Oh, I'm dying. All right. Oh, it's so great. Oh, I Mm, yeah, I have a lot to say about that. Um, but <laughs> the book, I bet the, you do. so so she's 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 got a new series coming out, is what I'm trying to spit out. She's writing a, a young adult series called Saddle Hill, which is like a spinoff of Canterwood Crest, and um, it comes out it comes out next year. But she did this interview um, with this blog called Rachel Reads, and she talks about how she's using. Um, for her main characters, she's actually doing like queer representation. Um, her, she's writing about two sisters, and um, one of them, actually both of them, uh, identify as queer. So it's giving a lot more sort of attention to um, really what the modern stable looks like. I think like how there more people are comfortable with who they are and how they, you know, how they. Identify and live their lives, and we're all just more honest about ourselves, I think. And so I'm just really excited to to read a book with more diverse characters. Because that can be kind of hard. I would love to write more diverse characters and people request them of me, which I I'm I try really hard. I'm trying so hard, but it's not my voice. Right. So I struggle with it a little bit because I want to be sure.
1: That I'm giving people um, the right representation. right representation. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to make it into some kind of, you know,
0: stereotype or Mm -hmm. dirty by accident. Mm -hmm. So whenever, you know, when somebody in our community of equestrian writers is writing in their own voice, which is what Jess is doing in this case, because she was able to come out recently. um, And she talks about that on the blog. I'm not like... (laughs) you're not publicly
1: anything. outing her. I'm not
0: outing her. She's, she's, she's talking about this in the blog post and she talks about it on her social media. She's has a great Twitter feed. Um, so yeah, so I feel like Saddle Hill is going to be this really nice addition to equestrian fiction. And I'm so happy for her that she's getting this new series and I'm really looking forward to reading it. Um, and I think that, you know, it doesn't come out till next summer, but okay. it's never too soon to get excited about new books.
1: <laughs> no, I well, never. You can add it to your wish list. That's kind of the whole idea, right? You get excited and you can follow the author. We love it when people follow us on social media and start interacting and we get to know our readers. Like, oh, yeah. You know, I oh know you think so. And I definitely think so. And It's life-changing. Some things are awesome, too, because mm-hmm. you can meet some of these people in person. It's mm-hmm. so cool. It's life
0: changing when you get to know the people reading your books. It absolutely is, um, because how else would you know if you're doing anything? You could sell a hundred books a day, but until people write back to you, or send you, you know, send you a message, or start following your stuff, you just you just don't know who you're reaching.
1: That's true, and I find especially I write such very personal things with the nonfiction. Yeah, that it can be really overwhelming. And I wonder if it's even worth it some days or, you know, exposing myself like that, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. you know, emotionally. And then, and then that one day someone might reach out and send me a message and just say, Hey, I picked up your book. I don't, you know, I suddenly found it and this really resonated and like, that keeps me going. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's so, so for all of you guys out there, if you're fans of authors, like Natalie and I or you know any author reach out to them cuz we love it
0: we love it we love it imagine being a narcissist but you never actually get to get on stage and have people cheer for you that's what my life is like <laughs> you know i get on stage every single day i write my books and there's no one in the crowd there's no one in the that's crowd that's
1: right no feedback it's like having it's like being a comedian you get up you want to know that you're being heard that it's it's registering that it's evoking a response Mm -hmm. and um and what you want to see more of or what you're not seeing enough of that's fair too that is absolutely fair like otherwise i'm writing into a
0: vacuum right you know
1: Thank you for being a little weird with us, horse girls. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your player of choice. Follow us on Instagram at Adulting with Horses Podcast, or even better, join our Adulting With Horses Clubhouse on Facebook, where you can become part of the show. Also, it's a great place to meet other horse crazy women. Thanks, and see you next time.